What's going on, everybody? Welcome into 104.3 The Fans Coffee Break. Happy Tuesday, Cecil Lammy with the new haircut. and Rachel Beal hanging out with you as it feels like the first day of school, Cecil. Broncos training camp getting underway tomorrow and the players, they report today. Did I see you doing a little dance before the show started, Rachel? Like, you're so excited. I'm still trying to drink coffee and wake up, but... We are all going to be awake and bright-eyed and bushy-tailed and all that kind of stuff out at training camp beginning tomorrow. It's going to be a blast, and the Broncos are back. It feels great. It does. Okay, what are realistic expectations that we can have for Russell Wilson during training camp this year? During training camp this year, just have him lead the show. You know, show off an exciting practice regime. And the thing is, like, people say, oh, you guys are excited about practice. Yeah, I am. Uh, because you're going to be able to get clues and to get notes along the way as to what this team is going to be and how they're going to look. With Wilson, I imagine he'll be like Peyton Manning. Once in a while, he will get up and dance during stretching or whatever, and maybe he'll go over and lead the crowd chanting like Von Miller used to do back in the day. Like, you know, these things are all possible, but what they should expect to see is really good football, a really tough competitor, and a great back and forth. Defense usually wins in training camp, especially early on. Then the offense will adjust and fight back. The offense could fight from the get-go. So you're going to see this great back and forth between this improved Broncos defense and this vastly improved Broncos quarterback situation. Okay, that leads me into how much does the defense have to step up this year compared to what we've seen in the past where they've been the stronger side of the ball? Yeah, and they haven't been that strong. Honestly, Mm -hmm. Vic Fangio's defense was never really swarming or, you know, earth shattering, whatever hyperbole you want to use there. Like they have to be more aggressive and it comes from Ajira Evro. I feel they will be better. I don't know why people think it's controversial when I say it and I say it a lot. Ajira Evro's defense is going to be better than Vic Fangio's. And part of that is the offense, you know. Um, you're going to build leads with Russell Wilson. That's going to force the opponents to go into pass happy mode. If you're the Broncos, you pin your backs and you go like, that's it. You get after the quarterback and you be more aggressive and you send more people. You're going to be blitzing much more with Ajira Evero while still maintaining your strength against the run. So watching the defensive line, watching any sort of rotation that we'll see at the defensive line, these are all key factors for the Broncos because, and I asked DJ Jones about this earlier, Rachel, I think you were there at the press conference as well. The key to today's NFL defensive football is stopping the run minus one meaning everyone drops eight. You're going to drop eight in coverage, which means you've got three guys to stop the run, basically instead of four or five, as in years past. So you have to be strong against the run while playing minus one football, minus one in the box. You're light, right? Mm -hmm. So how do they do that? What are their rotations? Are there times where DJ Jones will be a nose tackle or a three technique or a five technique? Like, yes, all those things. With Ajira Evro having a a much better understanding of the modern player. What are you hoping that Evero brings from what he taught with the Rams or what he coached with the Rams, that style, to the Broncos? Yeah, just relentless. There, There is no getting too cute. Defensive football is defensive football. Um, it sounds simplistic. And the thing about football that's so beautiful, Rachel, is that it is, at the same time, very, very simple while also being incredibly complex. I know that may not make sense, but it does. When you look at this game and you study this game, like cover three is cover three. <laughs> Cover two is cover two. There, and any quarterback worth his salts would know, like, oh, there's my time for my cover two beaters. Adjust at the line of scrimmage. Ojira Evero, on the flip side of that, like, 
don't get too cute with things. Vic Fangio always loved to be the evil genius. How about you just be good? Okay. How about you just, you know, prop up a defense out there that can stop your opponent and not get too cute with things. And that's wherever it will come into play and his mm-hmm. understanding of the modern player, how to work to the strengths of his player. These are things that Vic Fangio did not do. So look for this defense to be better, more aggressive, and to put up a hell of a fight in training camp. And again, it all circles back to Russell Wilson. This defense will be going up against Russell Wilson every single day, and that can only make them better too. Yeah, and the design of this offense, it's very, very disciplined. This Mm -hmm. offense is very complicated, but it's also very disciplined because you make every play look the same based on your formation. So you're going to line up in a two-by-one situation, an 11 personnel. That means one running back, one tight end, and two-by-ones, two on one side, one on the other. In terms of wide receivers, you always assume five skill position players. And you're going to have eight different plays when you step up to the line of scrimmage. That might be a conservative number as well. But you're all going to run off that same look. It's going to look the same every single time, except there will be one difference. There'll be one wrinkle. You don't know what the wrinkle is. If Mm -hmm. it's running the ball, which this defense, or excuse me, this offense is predicated on, you're going to have an entry point. You have to have the proper timing to get to that entry point. You move everyone laterally across the line. And when the running back gets to that entry point, he has three decisions. He can either bend, bang, or bounce. He can bend it back the other way. He can bang it between the tackles or he can bounce it outside. And when he's at that entry point, based on what he's seen and those offensive linemen getting the defensive linemen moving laterally as well, he's seen those cutback lanes that, you know, Terrell Davis or Clinton Portis or basically any back that's been special in the system has been able to feature. So it takes discipline. It takes timing. Uh, and it takes a high level of understanding, certainly from the quarterback, the running backs, the wide receivers, the offensive linemen. This is a different system, much different system. It's almost unstoppable when you can get it down correctly. So we'll see how fast the Broncos can get it down. Can this offensive line really protect Wilson and company? Yeah, and he, this offensive line is way better than Seattle's. Seattle's was garbage. I'm trying not to pop a blood vessel in my head today. Uh, like I did last night on Orlando and Cecil uh, because the whole Seattle thing, it's just got me like Russ was painted as this like bad, uh, you know, he wouldn't listen, whatever. All he did was run what they wanted him to run. And it was a garbage system with a garbage offensive line. This is the league's best system. This offensive line has question marks to be sure. There's question marks at every spot, Mm -hmm. every single spot. There's question marks, okay? And there's guys who are starting this year that probably won't be starting next year, either due to poor play or due to such good play that they get paid and they leave. Dalton Reisner would be an example of that. So for me, this offensive line full of question marks, way better. 100 times, 1,000 times, whatever number you want to use, pick a number and I'll say higher. It's like price is right, right? Higher. How bad was Seattle's offensive line? Lower, much lower. Can I... (laughs) Can I bid $1 on the Seattle offensive line? Because they were just garbage. And mm-hmm. anyone who understands the game, has watched football, and has watched Seattle will be able to know that what Seattle reporters and fans are now saying about Russell Wilson are nothing but excuses and very lame excuses at that. Mm-hmm. Who's the one person on the offensive line that you are not at all worried about? There is nobody. <laughs> I'm worried about everybody. I mean, I would say Billy Turner. Mm-hmm. Right. But is Billy Turner healthy? 
Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> so, you know, there's a concern there. Concern about Quinn Miners. You know, how's he take that step in the second year? Concerned about Dalton Reisner. He's back in the system that fits him better. But Natani Moody was getting first team reps in mandatory minicamp as well. Concerned about Lloyd Cushenberry. This system fits him better for what he does in terms of moving laterally. He's not a power player. He's never been a power player. So he mm-hmm. should be better. There should be less on his plate because of Russell Wilson. Uh, but, you know, still concerns there. I talked about Reisner. Garrett Bowles has concerns, right? How does he protect Russell Wilson? And I will say it again for the people who are just blindly say Garrett Bowles is the greatest ever. He played a career low in snaps and gave up a career high in sacks. One more time. He played a career low in snaps, gave up a career high in sacks last year. So don't tell me he didn't take a step back in 2021 because he did. In 2020, that's um, that's like the bubble year in the NBA. Like it's just, it's not going to happen again. Hopefully, mm-hmm. so like let's not expect Garrett Bowles to be the 2020 version. Let's look at him in 2021 and say, huh, man, you got to be better, especially with Russell Wilson back there, and especially with Butch Berry. Butch Berry's the biggest question mark on this whole thing. I have no idea why the Broncos didn't keep Mike Munchak. I think it's a mistake. I think it could be a critical mistake for the Broncos because you have a first-time offensive line coach, and you went away from the guy that figured out Bulls specifically. Mike Munchak has the jacket. He has the gold jacket. Mike Munchak says anything, you just go, uh-huh, no matter what your beliefs or your feelings are, because you aren't Mike Munchak. You are not a Hall of Famer like Mike Munchak. Well, Butch Berry isn't that. He's a first-time guy who yells a lot. Okay, how's that going to work with Garrett Bulls? Bowles is known in the past to get in a fight with teammates, walking out on practice. Like he's been known in the past to have some complications. All right. Now we can tell the truth on our station. Thank God. Um, but either you can tell the truth or you can be like, no, he's the great. He's, he's totally low maintenance. So my new nickname for Garrett Bowles is totally low maintenance. Garrett Bowles. Now with Butch Berry, is that going to be the case? Watching those two's relationships specifically is going to be hypercritical behind the scenes. Fans aren't going to notice it. Most of the media won't notice it. There'll be guys sitting around talking about baseball. Really, I'm a credential snob, Rachel. Just wait till you see me out there. Because, like, if you're a part-timer and you only come out for training camp, like, I don't want to see you. I don't want to talk to you. I'm sorry. I'm there for work, all right? It's training camp. There'll be guys mm-hmm. talking about baseball. I can't just can't stand that at all. Like, you know, this is football season. The Broncos are relevant. And if you're paying attention... And not sitting there, you know, shaking hands, kissing babies. How are the kids? Like, yeah, do that at the barbecue, all right? Talk to me then at the barbecue. When training camp hits, don't talk to me because I'm going to be watching to see. Is Butch Berry um, getting along with Garrett Bowles? That's okay, the well, I'll definitely keep my eye out on this. But now I've got a question yeah. for you. As if you're somebody who's watching on the Hill and you really want to deep dive into football like you do, Cecil, what should they be watching? Watch one-on-one matchups, and, you know, you'll see a little bit. It won't be as vanilla as preseason, but watch your one-on-one matchups. Watch the way a player moves and the way that he moves with speed. Like, do you have to slow down when you make a cut? These are very simple things, but they can tell you a lot in terms of what a team can do with said player. I'm thinking a wide receiver specifically, but there are others. You're not going to see live tackling to the ground. Uh, the Cowboys scrimmage, if you can make it out for the Cowboys joint practices, that'll be the best practices of all training camp. And I would say this, watch your pit drills again, more one-on-ones, 
the pit is offensive line versus defensive line, and it's the pass rush trope. And it's the closest we get to football. We used to do nine on seven, or they used to do nine on sevens, which is goal line work. Yeah, I don't really do that anymore. There will be some goal line, but it's not live tackling to the ground. So it's not really football. Um, but one-on-one position drills, cornerbacks versus wide receivers. That's fun to watch. You can get a lot from that. Offensive line versus defensive line, the pass rushing drills. That's really fun. You can get a lot from that. Uh, team drills those are also fun look at the way players are being utilized the deep pass will be back in fact it wouldn't surprise me if the first play of the season is a deep shot to Cortland Sutton wouldn't surprise me if that connects because everyone expects this team to come out running because the run game is the foundation of this offense I know it's less Russ Cook less Russ Cook let Russ Cook actually comes from Javante Williams Javante Williams is the fulcrum of this entire team and of their offense. So watch how the run game sets up the pass game. Watch for the deep shots that are back and just enjoy the good football you're going to see out of Dove Valley. This new school football is all about, obviously, the quarterback making anything happen. We see Patrick Mahomes all over the field. How much of Russ are we going to see actually moving around on the field? Every play. <laughs> like every, every single play because it's not scripted. With Russ, mm-hmm. uh, one thing you're going to see, and we saw it at mandatory minicamp, is guys would slip. And normally, uh, with a regular quarterback, if you slip on your route, well, the play's over. But, and I can't remember exactly who it was. It might have been Travis Fulgham. I don't want to say because I'm not sure. Uh, but my memory thinks it was Travis Fulgham mm-hmm. uh, who had slipped. And all the coaches were like, get up, get up, get up. Because you have Russell Wilson now. So you have one, two, three throw, but you also have one to break the pocket, make something happen, go deep. So deep guys will come back to the ball. Short guys will go deep. Like you'll see this sort of scramble drill, a literal scramble drill. Um, so expect it to happen quite a bit because one, it's going to be designed into the offense. And two, it's just Russell Wilson's game. No, he doesn't hold on to the ball too long. That's a false narrative and there is no advanced data to back that up but you will see him extend the play and keep the play alive with his legs and he'll do it quite frequently okay i like it i like it i like seeing russ cook even if it's down the line uh which position group battle are you most excited about cecil can i tell you which one's not a position battle yes i would love that javante and melvin's not a battle Mm. it's not a battle at all Melvin was getting third string reps in mandatory minicamp. Now, that doesn't mean he couldn't jump up and be the starter or whatever. Like, but that's not a position battle. When Do you everyone's think like, the coaches, see, so I'm going to cut you off. Do you think the yeah. coaches are frustrated with his like choice to not attend OTAs? I will say this because that is an assumption, but if you understand what I'm saying, because I do things called Lassie Barks. Are you familiar? Have I told you about, I told you about Lassie Barks before, Rachel, right? Where I'm not going to tell you what I know, but if you can read between the lines, you can be like, what's that Lassie? Timmy's caught in the well? Like, I'm just going to give you some thoughts and you can put the math together. Uh, The viewing audience can. I would say the coaches have been taking notes. So you ask, are they frustrated? I would just say this. That would be an assumption to say this man is frustrated over this other man's actions. Mm -hmm. But I will say this, that they are taking notes. They've been taking notes and Melvin's got to prove it. He's got to prove that he's better than Mike Boone. And Mike, now physically he is, skill-wise he is better than Mike Boone. 
But Mike Boone's been there. Mike Boone knows the offense. When Melvin Gordon's going on a zillion podcasts and be like, this offense is really complicated. I got to take my playbook home. Like, okay, well, and the time for that is over. We just got to see him. I, I would guarantee on Wednesday, he doesn't get a single first team rep. So, you know, for it's a competition, like, no, it's not. This is Jamonte's show. And if Melvin can prove he's the number two, good, because he doesn't play special teams. And if you don't play special teams, well, you know, you're kind of condensing and, and cutting off one part of how you can contribute to the team. Probably more on that a little bit later, Rachel. But for me, like position battles, you know, what's Dalton Reisner doing with Tatani Moody? I think that offensive line battle is incredibly important. Reisner has talent. He flashed as a rookie in this system. Then they went to the god-awful Pat Shermer system for two years. Now they're back. Is he back? But Moody's pushing him. You do have some push with Lloyd Cushenberry there. Like the offensive line has most of the competition battles. I don't think this Tim Patrick versus Jerry Judy, they're different players. You use them differently. You can use Judy outside, but you also can use him in the slot. Same with Timmy Pants but I don't necessarily consider that a position battle for me. I'm just looking at who on this offensive line comes out on top because you need to know, especially by the time the Cowboys get here, but you need to know that starting offensive line uh, within the first seven days of training camp, because the rest of the time in camp and preseason, those five men who must work at one, they have to be on the same page. The more time you can have it with those five, these are our five. We've picked our five. The more time you have with that, the better. Okay, let's get into some early predictions for what we're expecting from camp. Again, we're all so excited. Feels like back to school. Cecil's drinking his coffee. He's getting ready for the barbecue later on today. But you had to guess, what well-known name Cecil is most likely to get cut? Mm, uh, there's, uh, there's the uh, cute side of me. That would say Melvin Gordon. I wouldn't write that. I wouldn't predict that. But what I just said was he doesn't play special teams. If he doesn't show better than Mike Boone, and Mike Boone could have been the best player in training camp last year, regardless of position. He could have been considered the best. Pat Shermer doesn't know how to use him. Pat Shermer's gone. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett's going to know how to use Mike Boone. For that 20% or 25%, that's going to be 75-25 backfield. So that, excuse me, 25, is that Mike Boone? Is that Melvin Gordon? Gordon doesn't play special teams. If he doesn't win that two job, you're not keeping him as a three. Mm-hmm. What, for insurance? This isn't Tommy Boy, all right? It makes you feel good when you sleep at night because you got the guarantee on the box. You don't need that insurance. In this system, look at what the 49ers did. What was Elijah Mitchell last year? Fifth round pick over their third round pick, Trey Sermon, over the starters that they already had in place last year and the guys that got banged up, like, yeah, you were able to take a fifth round pick. How many times is this system? God bless the players I'm about to name because some of them are my friends, but like God bless Tatum Bell or Ruben Drones or Mike Anderson, where you at? Orlandis Gary. When you had guys that weren't special, special, like Clinton Portis or Charles Davis, but you had those guys in this system, they produced. So mm-hmm. Melvin Gordon... Yeah, that it's interesting. I don't think it happens, but it'll be interesting to watch. Okay, who will shine the most on the offense? And you can't say Russell Wilson. Ah, okay. Then I will say his favorite target, which is Cortland Sutton. I know there's a lot of fantasy GMs out there that are like, I'm going to pick Jerry Judy. Judy's actually going ahead of Sutton in drafts, which I think is a mistake. We've talked about that on the show. 
Um, but we don't know where Judy's at in terms of the pecking order. Sure, he went to San Diego. Sure, he's been to Russ's camp, like whatever. But on the field, Cortland Sutton and Russ seem to share the same wavelength. And that's a, that's the ingredients to create a special relationship. So I feel that Sutton will be a star of the day. I think Zach By still will do that this year. Like, Zach By star of the day. Like, yeah, I think it's going to be a lot. It'll be Cortland Sutton. For Jerry Judy, we, both is kind of surprising for us when you look at fantasies and how people are drafting him. Are coaches maybe taking notes of him, too, kind of reading between the lines there like we did earlier? Or is he – he's there – He's just having to deal with some things. Yeah, he's there and they're always taking notes. Like that's the the dirty secret in the NFL is like they don't care about you. Like they literally don't. I don't want to get this show off track, but like anything the NFL professes to care about, they actually don't. And you can just run with that in everyone's own mind. Like we really care about player health and safety. <clears throat> okay. We really care about whatever we're trying to promote every month in our brand. Like, okay, like, no, that's not really the case with that uh, huge conglomerate that is the NFL. So with me in this situation, I go, eh, all right, NFL, all right, Broncos, all right, team. They're always taking notes, and they're always thinking ahead. Jerry Judy's fifth-year option decision has to be made this year. After this season, they have to decide whether or not they want to pick up his contract in two years. Not for 2023, but for 2024. That decision has to be made after the end of the season. So because of that, they will always be taking notes and being like, do we really want to pick up that fifth-year option? Or do we want to let him go? Okay. Who shines the most on defense? And you can't say Justin Simmons. Oh, see, that's the easy one. Um, Hmm. I could get very cute with this one as well, because for me, I look at a skill of a DJ Jones, like that's something people miscast him as like a run stuffer. Mm -hmm. Like he's just going to stuff the run. Like, no, he can get after the passer and create true interior pressure. Shelby Harris was very good at getting off the line of scrimmage quickly and then putting his hand up, knocking passes down. And that is a skill to be sure. But interior pressure is much more uh, impactful for a defense because it makes every quarterback look mortal from the edges. Time before pass is two and a half seconds. From snap to sack, the time is 2.6 seconds. So you're going to get rid of the ball before the guys from the outside are going to get to you. Middle pressure, there's nowhere to go because you can't step up like you can on the outside pressure. And if you try to step back, well, then the outside guys will get you. So interior pressure, the role of DJ Jones, shining, starring, uh, he would be my pick. Okay, I like it. Now, what's a name that you believe most people won't know but will surprise a lot of people at camp? Mm, Jaquan McMillan or Damari Mathis. You're going to look at that secondary because they have, speaking of decisions, and they're always looking, is you have a decision on Ronald Darby after this season. Like his money's locked in for this year. Next year he's under contract, but if you wanted to eat, I think it's $3 million. If you wanted to eat $3 million in dead money, you could let Ronald Darby go. There's McMillan or Mathis. Mathis, really physical player. Like, we won't get to see the best of him in training camp because there's no live tackling, but he's a feisty tackler. He's a really good tackler. So that gives me hope uh, for him as a potential future starter for this team. Kwan Williams is locked down. We know that. One of the best slot corners in the league when healthy. Uh, Pat Sertan, superstar. You know, look at the tests that he's going to get early in this season. 
um, and then all throughout the season. So for me, look at those young corners and see who kind of flashes a little bit ahead, like a young Chris Harris did. When I saw Chris Harris as an undrafted rookie, I was like, there's something there. And even Champ and everybody was talking about him. There was something there. It wasn't a starter yet, but there was, you could see that, that kid's got a little something. Maybe that's a guy like Mathis. I'd like to see that. Okay, I like it. Um, I want to go a little bit outside of the Broncos, still sticking in the NFL. But Kyler Murray's contract obviously was released. And then a little detail got dropped, too, saying that he needs four hours of independent study time a week. Should this be embarrassing for the Cardinals that they have to put this in for their franchise quarterback, Cecil? I think it's embarrassing for Kyler, honestly. Like, the team didn't give him – let's look at embarrassing quarterback contracts and to stay away from the most controversial of topics, but Deshaun Watson, Cleveland, you're stupid. Cleveland, the Browns, you are dumb. You are incredibly dumb. And the rest of the league knows that the rest of the league makes fun of Cleveland. That's why teams were freezing them out on Baker Mayfield. They're like, we're not going to help you out because you just gave Deshaun Watson fully guaranteed money. So with Arizona, to me, it's not embarrassing to Arizona. They protected themselves as best they could while also keeping their franchise. <laughs> There's air quotes with some quarterbacks. Their franchise quarterback, Kyler Murray, while keeping him somewhat happy. But it's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Hey, can you please work? <laughs> hey, when you have guys like Russell Wilson, when you have guys like Tom Brady, you know, the mm-hmm. famous quote from Jimmy Garoppolo, as he said, Tom told him that football wasn't a job. It was a lifestyle. Like, you just have to live it. When you're a quarterback, you just have to live it. You just – there is no getting away. There is no vacation. There is no time off. There is no not thinking about it. Like, while you are a quarterback, this is all that you do. You're well compensated for it, but that's all that you do. And the fact that you have to put in a clause that makes sure you work, like, that's weird. It reminds me of the story where the Raiders gave Jamarcus Russell a videotape. Again, Rachel, I'm old. You may remember videotapes. I'm not sure, but they gave him a a VHS tape and they said, hey, here's our next week's opponent. Go watch this and tell us what you think. He comes back the next day and this is a number one overall pick, right? Mm -hmm. He comes back to the Raiders is like, man, and I saw this and then, man, I'm ready to go. That was a really great foot. The tape was blank. The tape was blank. They did that on purpose to number one overall pick quarterback. They did it on purpose. So, um, you know, are they always watching? Are they always taking notes? Yes. And sometimes they're setting you up. Um, so with Kyler Murray. What happened after that? He was cut. Like, okay. not, not too far after that. But then, you know, one of the biggest draft busts in NFL history. So with Kyler, it's embarrassing for him. Dude, you're a quarterback. Like, you, mm-hmm. you shouldn't have any clause. You should have a clause like, make sure you take some time off. You get a little burned out. Is there, I mean, his contract was $230 million, I want to say, correct, Cecil? Something like that, yeah. Is he worth $230 million? Has he proven that on the field? Um, He's done enough to get that sort of deal. I, and I'm I'm always the type of person that's like, get, get players their money because this stuff's going to be over for them soon, you know. Um, with Kyler Murray and just with the quarterback, like, again, what Seattle did, and I hate to, you know, keep going back to that, but, like, Seattle, you done messed up because you have a, a real franchise quarterback. These other teams have to pretend. And that's where I come back to the air quotes. Like, has Kyler Murray done enough? Yeah, he's been very successful. But where's that next step? 
you know, what's the next evolution in his game? It doesn't come without a lot of sacrifice and a lot of changes to what he does. He kind of just plays playground football. He does not play by design and that can only last so long. So they've given him his college receiver, Marquise Brown, this year. DeAndre Hopkins suspended, but when he's back, there's dangerous weapons. They've drafted Trey McBride, right, from CSU. Best tight end in this class. He'll take over for Zach Ertz sometime this year. Like, you've done these things, but at the end of the day, the guy that you just paid is somewhat limited in what he will do unless he takes that next step. And that's on him. That's on him to fully embrace the role of being an NFL quarterback. So is he worth the money? Yeah, because the market dictates that. You know, what, what's that comic book worth? Well, what's the market say it's worth? Uh, that's what the market said he's worth, and that's what he is worth. Now it's time to go out and prove your worth so that maybe next time you can get a fully guaranteed deal. Now we'll see if those four extra hours a week of independent study will help Kyler Murray Cecil. So excited for training camp to get underway. Make sure you tune in with Cecil, myself, and Mace 530 every single day that there is a Broncos practice. We'll be breaking down everything that you need to know. And we'll be live from training camp tomorrow. So we will see everybody 1030 a.m. Bye, everyone.